Ryan Horvath, correct. I am here. PJ Glasser, though, filling in for Nick, filling in for Trista. One man can do the job of two. That's how damn good PJ Glasser is. And we don't really let him go home either. I think he's, well, he's not in studio tonight at least, but the host ascended in. You heard him on with uh, Ken Barkley yesterday on You Better You Bet, the number one sports betting podcast in the world. Hashtag people do forget. PJ, the hardest working man in show business. Uh, we're going to talk with another hardworking man. I see this guy all over the place as well, Cam Rogers. Uh, in fact, let's just get to him live right now because he also is with me on Penn State tonight. Seven and a half point dogs. We've missed two corner threes that would have cut the lead to four. I'm about to have an aneurysm over here, Cam, so I'm sorry. National TV host over at Stadium and uh, also with the Believe Network as well. Does great work. Cam, uh, you said it right when we were coming in from the break. It was an unfortunate thing that happened with Tiger Woods. You know, even if Tiger's not going to be in contention, I don't think he's going to finish top 20. I don't know that he's ever going to win another major. It's probably not going to happen. I just love watching him. Um, now I'm getting excited for Charlie, his son. I think he's going to be a mm. legend. Um, but kind of talk about what you saw last week. Your biggest takeaway is, um, you know, Hideki comes through. And I did not have any Hideki, so I was a very sad man. I was all over JT last week. Um, you know, what was your recap from last weekend? Yeah, great to be with you guys as always. Listen, the situation with Tiger Woods is as such. It's going to be a roller coaster ride as we try to figure out if this guy can play four competitive rounds of golf. And 50% of the time, dating back to the car crash, the answer has been no, whether it was by way of withdrawal or by missing the cut. Now, this seemed to be an anomaly of sorts, like he got the flu. I will say he had In-N-Out Burger that morning, and I hear In-N-Out is extremely overrated, and it's even more overrated in my book. If that burger got Tiger Woods sick, and we couldn't watch him on the weekend because of it, but, you know, all seriousness here, I think that what we saw from him in the first round was encouraging from a driver perspective, like I talked about on the show prior to the tournament last week. The driver was looking pretty good going into the week, and... Sure enough, it was solid. The power's there. The swing speed is there. The putter was decent as well. The irons still are loosey-goosey. He's going to have to figure that out. And listen, guys, I know Tiger has mentioned that he will only play one tournament a month. Can we really count what we just saw last week? Meaning, maybe we see him twice in March. I'm thinking maybe the API along with the Players' Championship. If he does not play two tournaments... He has no shot at competing at the Masters because he just doesn't have enough reps. Yeah, and he's been great at the Arnold Palmer Invitational in uh, in his previous starts there, so that'll be interesting. Cam, let's talk about the Mexico Open. So Tony Finau, they've only played here twice before. This is the third time they're teeing it up here. Finau won it last year, runner-up the year before. Clear favorite, plus 800 right now on BetMGM. If you had to bet Finau this week, would you bet him to win again? Would you just bet him top five at plus money, top ten? Like, how would you approach Finau, or is he a pass for you this week? For the most part, he's going to be a pass. I will never bet on a golfer at 8-1. to one. I'm sorry, I just won't do it, especially in a field of over 130 players, especially in a field of golfers who are extremely talented and have better numbers, in my opinion, kind of like a Thomas Detry or Taylor Pendrith. Now, it's interesting, the Mexico Open the last couple of years has been conducive to the favorite winning, right? John Rahm two years ago was extreme chalk. I think he was like, guys, plus 300. And then Tony Finau a year ago. But this season has been the season of the 
100 to 1 or longer winners on the PGA Tour. So I would not be surprised to see that theme continue. Although my pick to win is in the 20s range, I would rather bet on a golfer outright there as opposed to plus 800, plus 700. I just think the talent pool of the PGA Tour is so darn good nowadays that it's really hard to talk yourself into such a short number there. All right, so I want to ask you about a couple golfers, but let's just go right there. So you said your guy's in the 20 range. Uh, Who do you like as far as the outright market this weekend? Taylor Pendrith is my guy to get it done over at BetMGM. Nice, juicy number there. I like it a lot. Fantastic driver of the golf ball. Elite long irons. That's going to be the case and the key here this week in terms of playing at Vidanta. Long golf course. You got to have the driver. Got to have the long irons. Top 25 in this field in carry distance. Strokes gained off the tee on driver-heavy courses with a low missed fairway penalty. That is the case here on this golf course and all overall approach play. So Taylor Pendrith is a guy that I'm keying in on T nine at the farmer's insurance open. And by the way, five top 15s in his last seven starts really solid on these past Palm greens as well. These are not complex greens guys. This is going to be a birdie fest here this week. You want high upside players. And I think Taylor Pendrith fits the bill here. Cam, a golfer I'm going back and forth on this week is another fellow Cam, Cameron Champ, because he's missed all four cuts in all four of his starts. Like you said, this course favors longer hitters. Nobody really hits it farther than Cam Champ. That's what he's known for. Two top 10 finishes here in the past. 55-1 to for Cam Champ this week, even though he's been so bad this season. Do you think he could be worth a look? I love me some Cam out there on the PGA Tour. Cam Young, Cam Champ, they are good players. Cam Davis as well. I've got the whole roster. Uh, Listen, I think Cam Champ is always live to win a PGA Tour event just based on talent alone. And this is his classic resume, right? I mean, missed cut, missed cut, missed cut, T23, then he wins, right? Then he pops off. So as far as course fit is concerned, this week makes a lot of sense for him. You mentioned it. He's got the course history at this tournament. So worth a sprinkle at 55 to 1. I wish the number was a little bit longer, but he does have that resume playing well here at this tournament. But I would not talk you out of it. Cam Champ is always a guy who can just kind of burst out of nowhere and win. I will never bet on Cam Champ to win a tournament just because you'll never see it coming. But if you want to, PJ, it could make some sense. Talking with Cam Rogers right now. Uh, talking some Mexico Open. How do you feel about Mav McNeely? Not so much the outright market, but like I saw a top 20 over at BetMGM plus 240. I believe he was 6th in Phoenix, 16th in ball striking. Obviously, he hasn't really been right the last couple years. He's had the injury, but uh, how do you feel about him this weekend? Ryan, are you looking at my Google Doc right now? Because I am on Maverick McNeely in the top 20 market, plus 240. You love that number, too. Three straight made cuts, including a T6 in Phoenix, gaining 2.6 strokes on approach. Remember, we talk about ball striking being a more reliable stat than, say, putting or short game, which is more volatile. By the way, his best finish in Phoenix in two and a half years on the PGA Tour. So that is very notable for McNeely coming back from that injury as you described. Much like who? Will Zalatoris a week ago who I talked about on this show for a top 20 at some solid plus money. And Zalatoris nearly won the tournament. So I like McNeely a lot in the top 20 market for sure. 
Cam, I know a guy who's really popular this week is Keith Mitchell. He's taken some money at BetMGM. Yeah. He was at 28 to 1. Now he's down to 25 to 1. Makes sense. Another one of these long hitters probably should have a good week. Even though he's dropped in price, do you think he could still be worth a bet at the Mexico Open? You know, it's interesting. Killa Keith Mitchell is one of my faves here this week. I just think he's a little too loose with his irons right now. Yes, the driver will always be there, but he can get really loosey with the approach game, and then the putter can get extremely ice cold. And sometimes when you have a birdie fest, you need that combination of elite driving and red-hot putting. He doesn't have that second part right now. So I'm probably going to stay away from Keith Mitchell. Beware the Keith Mitchell train, but still a talented player. He could certainly win on the PGA Tour here this season. Just not for me here this week. Anybody else that you would look at? You know, maybe if you're getting a good live price um, after day one, maybe heading into Friday or maybe heading into the weekend or just maybe anybody that you're staying away from as well. Yeah, keep an eye on Johnny Vegas. Right now, I've got a bet on him for top South American at 4-2-1. You love that number, but I could see him playing well after round one and then potentially live betting him to win this thing. I like where his game is trending. Third in opportunities gained over the last 24 rounds. Played great in Phoenix. Did sputter toward the end, but he was still top 25. And he typically plays well in these resort-style settings, right, where birdies are all over the place. It's beautiful weather. You're usually by the water. You've got the bunkering to deal with, but still, it's a relatively easy golf course. That is the case here this week. So keep an eye on Johnny Vegas, top South American, but also to win this thing. So, Cam, obviously, we were just doing the West Coast swing. You know, we were out in Torrey, Pebble Beach, Waste Management Open, obviously, Riviera last week. They're taking a little bit of a break going to Mexico, and then we got the Florida swing. Just as a handicapper in golf, is there anything that you can tell listeners maybe what the big difference is when we go from the West Coast down to Florida? Yeah, some major changes, and here's what I'll tell you. Wind and water and volatility. That is the theme of the Florida Swing. These golf courses are different than what you saw during the California Swing. You saw more of the Parkland-style golf courses out there on the West Coast with the tree-lined style and all of that, less water to deal with. Some weather actually was the case over in the California Swing, but certainly so here in Florida in March Keep an eye on that. I think course history is extremely reliable at these golf courses. If you play well at the Honda or the Valspar or the API routinely, you're probably going to play well going forward in the future. Same can be said, by the way, if you struggle in these tournaments, you want to stay away from those players. Control of the flight of the golf ball. If you cannot keep your apex low as a golfer, playing in Florida, you are likely going to struggle. Think about the same logic at the British Open, right? You want to keep that ball flight low to deal with all of that wind. The same can be said here in Florida. A lot of crazy wind situations. A lot of these golf courses are exposed as well. So keep an eye on all of that as we go forward. It's going to be extremely difficult to handicap as it always is during the Florida swing, but then it gets to Chalktown, which is the Masters, and it gets a little bit easier. So there you go. Cam, I usually get sad this time of the year because we don't have college football. We don't have the NFL. I'm kind of out on the NBA. Love college hoops, but like the most exciting part about college hoops is always like the Sunday or Saturday CBS game, and I get the Masters preview. PJ asked me last time we did a show together if I've placed any Masters futures. I don't know if you have. I don't want to put you on the spot, but is there any early looks? I'm just looking at it right now. Scheffler's the favorite, mm. eight to one. Rom's nine to one. Any early looks or anybody that maybe you would target? I mean, it's February 21st. We obviously have some time. 
Yeah, definitely stalk my social media because I'm a big trends guy when it comes to the Masters and yeah. strokes gained T2 green going into Augusta National paramount. One guy I'm looking at right now is Xander Shoffley. He might be the most complete player on the PGA Tour right now, not named Scotty Scheffler. The driver is elite. That's the number one corollary stat to success at Augusta National. Driving distance, Xander has that. The resume at major championships is there. The birdie-making ability is there. He dominates par fives. Put that all together. By the way, good course history. Xander Shoffley would be my early, 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 way too early pick to win at Augusta National, so keep an eye on him. And then, Cam, obviously when we get to Augusta and the other majors, that's when we start to see the live guys again. Has there been any adjustment in your process Obviously, now that more golfers have gone over to live, we've had some more time, some more data with them out of these events. Has there been any change to, to how you go about betting golf? Absolutely, because last year I was like, listen, guys, I have no idea how Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson are going to play when they're basically playing in what is the single A, triple A, double A of the PGA Tour. I mean, honestly, live golf still does not stand up to the PGA Tour as far as talent. So, listen, we learned a lot. Dustin played well. Brooks played well. You saw some good play from the live guys. Like, it's time to start taking them seriously in a major championship capacity going forward now. So my process is definitely going to change. I will study the results of live tour for these guys, and I will apply that potentially to success at these major championships. People like Brooks Kepka, Dustin, Sergio, I'm not going to write them off. John Rahm, by the way, is on live now. Definitely not going to write him off. So... Listen, my approach this year is a lot different. I'm going to actually respect these guys as opposed to being like, eh, maybe I'll stay away. I just don't understand if maybe the live results are going to translate to good results in major championships. We learned that they can. All right. Thanks so much, Cam. Good luck this weekend. Uh, I'm going to tell all your bets. Hopefully I'm not the mush. And uh, <laughs> next time we talk, we got to talk a little Charlie Woods in the pre-qualifier. Yes. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that, man. Thanks so much. Good luck this week, man. Thanks, Cam. Thank you, guys. Take care. Always really good stuff with Cam Rogers right there, host over at uh, Stadium and employee number one at the Believe Network, which I like. I'm employee number one here at the BetQL Network. Actually, Peach, that's a lie. You're number one A, Costos is one B, Ken's one C, and then I fall like G right next to the weekend guys and the fill-in guys. 75-70 Illinois, Peach, can you feel the electricity <laughs> in Bethesda. Damn it! Every time I get excited, Illinois hits like a contested three at the top of the key. 78-70. Yeah, you if really need Penn home, State. You need yeah. Penn State because yeah. Miami's going to be a loser. Uh, St. John's is going to make a sweat. So, you, you, you need the you need the Nets to come through for you. Yeah. It's a big bet for me, too. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we got to talk a little bit about the San Francisco 49ers, who are once again the favorites in the NFC, but should they be? But MGM Tonight continues. Ryan Horvath, PJ Classer on the BetQL Network.